Hey, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. So, thanks to everybody who listened to my last episode on Seven Deadly Sins. That's a really interesting, weird show that I always have more fun watching than thinking about starting watching it, if that makes any sense. Um, which means, like, you know those, you know those shows where, you know, like, you think about watching it, you think about watching it, and like, I really don't want to watch this, it seems like it's going to be a drag, or it seems like that, I know exactly what it's going to be, I know exactly what it's going to do, I don't really want to watch it, and then you watch it, and you're like, holy shit, like, I, I knew this was going to be this, but I didn't know I was going to like it. That's what Seven Deadly Sins is for me. Like, every time I see it, I'm like, oh, yeah, you. I'm not sure I'm into you. But then I watch it, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm super into this. And that is mostly because of the characters. But if you want to hear more about that, you can go to the previous episode on this uh, podcast feed. But also thank you, everybody, who voted. I don't care how you voted if you were in America. If, you, if you're an American, thank you for voting. I don't care how you voted, just as long as you voted. I heard on, uh, I, I listen to a lot of political podcasts just because I'm me. And if you haven't figured out that I'm in some way political, then I'm sorry, this is this is gonna be a real break from form for you, and I don't know how to I don't know how to comfort you, but I also don't want to comfort you, so uh, we're at an impasse if you are that person who feels that way. But uh, they were having this this other podcast I listened to called um, Today Explained by Vox, which is up from Vox, which is a great like daily podcast where they seek to just explain shit was talking about, um, and not just political shit, too. Like, they, they explain all kinds of stuff. But, um, they were talking about voting in Australia, and because voting is, com- is quote-unquote, compulsory in Australia, which means that it's legally required, meaning that they can fine you, like, $20 to, j- $20 to jail time, for a couple months in Australia, if you don't vote, um, it gets more complicated than, than that. But the main point is they require their citizens to vote in elections. But instead of like having that be a weird, required, stupid thing, the Australians told that took that to mean so we're just gonna have a party in which at some point we all step into a booth and press some buttons. Which, I, man, I, the more I hear about Australia, the better Australia sounds. It's unfortunate that the Australian government is, for all of its good, for like, every two of its good points, it has one bad point. Like, yeah, they, they just took guns away from people, but also they're insanely racist. They tried to, or... Or, <laughs> their people seem to be really nice and upbeat. Also, their government tried to ban porn. But when they tried to ban porn, they got waves and waves of porn and a hack attack. Which is a true thing that happened. It's amazing. But, um, yeah. So, big in Australia, but uh, that just highlighted to me that 
we should vote. And if it doesn't, and if you go out and find that episode, it should highlight to you the way the world thinks about voting and the way the world has been made to think about voting versus the way we think about voting. And if you are of voting age, uh, for lots of people, it feels like a chore. It feels like, well, I'm going to have to fit it into my long, busy day of doing stuff that is vastly more important to me right now, but probably not as important in the long term as this thing I will do. It is also incredibly hard to do in this country in a way that is not true of almost every other country that has a voting public. But um, with that, we we aren't here to talk about that. I promise. I'm not gonna. I I missed my chance to talk about politics in the Gundam in the Gundam Unicorn episode, which people seem to love, which stuns me. Oh my god. Um, sorry, mosquito somehow weirdly, or bug of some kind probably. But um, I missed my chance to talk about um politics in. The last Gundam episode we did, which was on Gundam Unicorn, which is now two in back, two down from the most current episode in this feed, if you want to listen to that. But, um, don't worry. We're probably not done with Gundam, which means at some point I'll get to a Gundam where I'm like, ah, it's time to talk about politics and, like, how Gundam teaches you about politics, because it does. But... We are not here to talk about any of that. We're here to talk about an odd old show um, from the 90s that probably not a lot of people have heard of in, like, modern anime-dumb or anime fandom or otaku modern American otakus have probably not heard of this show. And it's called Iria. So, Iria is a 
old OVA from the mid-90s. It actually predates um, Outlaw Star. I was watching it. I was watching, I think, the last episode. I'm like, this feels an awful lot like Outlaw Star. Was it after Outlaw Star? No, Outlaw Star was after Iria. And it's going to be easier than, for me than most times to deal with the whole of the show and the story of the show. And that's because it's a pretty goddamn simple story, which, it, which I really appreciate. As someone who very recently has tried to watch, um, like, Beyond the Horizon or um, Horizon in the Middle of Nowhere, I appreciate a simple story that has simple story beats in which I can understand them and don't feel like I'm in the middle of something that I didn't understand at the beginning anyway. Um, but... So, Iria focuses around the main character, a girl named a... girl named Iria. And Iria is a hunter, which you're meant to believe in this world is a bounty hunter of some kind. It is like this there's a hunt there's a hunter organization. Think of think of hunters as the same as in Hunter X Hunter. There's a central if you haven't seen it it's Hunter X Hunter X Hunter. There is a central organization around which they like everything is formed. And that, and like the central agency that licenses hunters gives you like a fancy piece of jewelry that you, that is your license that says you are allowed to go out and like collect bounties and do the different quote unquote missions. Um, she also, she lives in space with her brother, I believe his name is, um, Zex. And... She is an apprentice hunter. She works under her brother. Um, and they go on missions. And they go on missions with a third party to this whole thing. A guy named Bob. And Bob is a black guy. Just like a black dude or a pan-Asian dude of some kind. And his name is Bob and he's another hunter. And he often teams up with Zex and, by extension, Iria. And so, they get, they, there's also this other hunter character, I forget his name, but he's got, like, spiky hair. They, they have, they put in a, 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 like, old guard character. I forget his name, I really forget his name, I wish I knew, but his name isn't really... Um, important for the purposes of this, we'll call him, like, we'll call him Spike, just for Spikey. Spike is a little too lofty for him, but Spikey, we'll call him. And old Spikey is like, ha ha, Iria, you're good, but you're not that good, because you're a girl. Also, you're a trainee, so get out of my way, I'm taking this bounty. Um, and the show kind of sets up, kind of, Tosses you in media res, but what's nice is it tosses you in media res, but it keeps everything low, like low stakes enough 
and simplistic enough where even if you haven't seen anime, you can really quickly pick up on, like, on okay, when they say hunter, they mean bounty hunter. When they talk about the hunter organization, that's like a government agency that manages them. They, they let you fill in the gaps, but they don't make the gaps so wide that you don't know, that you're just endlessly throwing stuff down there and, like, kind of seeing it pile up to fill it up, but can't quite get there ever. I, once again, I've been attempting to watch Horizon in the middle of nowhere, and oh my god, just, oh my god, that's, that, that's a lot of show. There's a lot of things happening on screen that, like, you're led to believe at some point should make sense. And it never, like I keep saying, like I said before, it never quite gets there. But, so, the, um, the kind of trio of Bob, Zex, and Iria take on this mission. The other thing that helps this show, by the way, before I get into this, is that it's a pretty short show. It's about six episodes. It's about six, half, like, 20-ish minute episodes. So it's, it's just like, it's a nice, short, simple, easy-to-grasp story that very confidently goes from point A, B, C, all the way down to Z. And you know what happens. There's no... There's no... They leave it open, they left it open in case they wanted to make more of this thing. But there's no unresolved things at the end. You know how the show ends, you know what happens to the characters at the end. It, it all pulls together nicely and neatly, which is nice. In, like I said, six episodes, which is nice. Um, but they go on this, they go on this mission to, like, transport this cargo. And this cargo, and on this mission, they end up encountering this grand cosmic evil called Zerum. And Zerum is this, like, it, it's like a cross between a mimic, the, um, alien, the alien from Alien, and the Predator, basically. <laughs> And what's, uh, what's once again nice about this is they outline the rules of what Zerum is, and they expand it a little bit, but they never expand it so far that it's like this unkillable thing that, the, that Iria needs to become the god queen to destroy. It is an accomplishable, beatable enemy. It's not complicated. This whole show, this whole show, if it had gotten more complicated than it is, it would have fallen apart, and it's very aware of that, which is great. And once again, if it sounds like I'm referring to a different show, seriously, I'm referring to Horizon in the Middle of Nowhere. I'm gonna make it through that show, I swear. Um... <laughs> I don't know how, but it's going to happen. Why did it get a second season? What is in the second season of that show? I'm so confused. I need to know. Um, also, I wa also, it doesn't help that I watch that show. Um, it's a new show this season called Conception, in which 
it's an isekai show, if you haven't heard of the show, it's an isekai show where the main character gets transported to another world. I think I started episode two, my first mistake. I think with uh, the main character is a guy who gets transported to another world, but I think he gets transported to another world with a female character. And then he's told, yo, you have to have children, which in this case does not mean bang these different girls modeled after different constellations. But wink, wink, nudge, nudge, it wouldn't hurt if you did bang them. It basically means cuddling while nude them. So if it happens, we won't, we won't blame you. But, um, so yeah, so that shows a thing and it's, uh, it's, I'm not gonna lie, conception is just the, like, the worst kind of harem trash imaginable. I, like, so, and this is coming from somebody who's seen Queen's Blade. At least Queen's Blade has the dignity to make its character in some way, make its female character in some way strong. Unlike the characters in the female, the harem cast in Inception, in Conception, who are just like stereotype characters written like extruded from a tube for the purpose of being waifus and yo give me more credit than that some of the designs aren't even good but uh that's a whole different thing so just if it seems like something has painted my perception of Iria because it is a nice simple narrative that is competent those are some of the things that have this week but um anyway so Iria Iria Bob and Zax go on this mission and Zaram kills kills Zax outright and we're led to believe kills Bob for a long time, and Iria is like uh, unwillingly escapes. Basically, she's pushed onto the she's pushed onto the vet, pushed onto the pushed into the escape pod, locked in there, shot back home. And she gets back home, and she's like, she calls the hunter thing, and she's like, wake. She gets back home. She wakes up, calls the hunter organization, and. She's like, yo, I, that went real bad. Is my brother okay? Is Bob okay? And they're just like, we have no record of you ever going on that mission. And she's like, this is weird. And then she gets a, then she, a call intercepts her call and goes, Iria, hang up. It's not safe to go poking your nose in this shit. And she's like, that's weird. Who are you? And it cuts out. And at some point in this process, 
she goes she is under the protection of old spike of old spiky and old spiky is like i'm getting paid to protect you but that's it if you make my job hell i'll just say you died and take the money anyway cuz i'm a lovable dickhead um but so she confronts the people who did that mission. She finds out that Zaram is trying to be, like, controlled by the government, but they keep losing control of it. And this show... So, the... If you watch this show, which, by the way, you... This show is not available on... As far as I know, it's not available on any of the services except for a service called Midnight Pulse. And Midnight Pulse has... Some of the stuff you expect, but it it specializes in cult movies and shows, which means that it obviously dives in anime a little bit. Actually, more than a little bit. It has, like, these kind of cult classic, weird, absurd, bizarre anime. Um, also, the weird, bizarre, absurd anime that don't have license fees that are astronomical. But then also, Fist of the North Star, which, ah, Fist of the North Star, it's kind of everywhere on some level. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting service and it has an interesting collection because they are, the collection is interested in kind of the shock and awe value of anime, which means it's got a lot of old, weird 90s things that were dubbed and released, and were popular for like a hot second, like a hot, like the hottest of seconds, and then just death a fucking peered. Like this show was around when I was getting into anime. I just never knew about it because I was because I had to know to go looking for that kind of thing. Um, and so. This, like I said, the show Iria predates Outlaw Star. And the reason why I think Outlaw Star specifically is because it has the kind of space sci-fi style that Outlaw Star has. It has a lot of the same... It, it doesn't have quite the same character design feel, but it has a similar one. Um, it also has... Uh, it has the kind of, like, freelance bounty hunter vibe to it. As well as, and th and this is where, what really um, tipped me off to it. It has this... Like, East, like, Far Eastern Chinese aesthetic to it, if that makes any sense. So... If you've seen Outlaw Star, you know they've, like, they deal in Tao magic and, like, everything has this cast of being vaguely Chinese-inspired. Not, not Japanese-inspired, but specifically Chinese-inspired and specifically, like, Taoist-inspired. Um, Iria has that same quality to it. Bob's human character design is very... Chinese-inspired. Um, Spiky, old Spiky, is very... He has a very, like, 
Chinese hero look to him. Um, and, and even Zerum, Zerum has a, he has a more Japanese demon-esque look, but he still has a very, like, Chinese outlaw star-esque feel to it, to, to him, or to it, rather, it, quote-unquote. But, um, and that, that's, uh, that's what kind of drew me to the, to the anime to begin with, because I kept, when I opened up Midnight Pulse, I just, because I looked at it before, and I've been like, oh, they have some interesting stuff here. It popped up, I'm like, oh, that looks interesting, let me come back to that, and I came back to it, and I watched it. But, um, it's, so, when she, when she goes poke, but back to the show itself, when she goes poking around, she eventually finds out who's responsible, she straight up goes to ice him hard, and does ice him, ices the shit out of this, like, big, big business executive, and then she finds out that Bob is quasi-alive, and he is now a, a fancy computer program who serves as her, like, AI assistant for the rest, for the rest of the six episodes, for, like, the other, for, like, the next four episodes, or the last four episodes of the show, technically. And he's just, like, hacks into computer terminals, delays things, all this other stuff. And then she goes out to, like, be a hunter. Or, like, or, or at the very least, try to find and kill Zerum. And she, at some point, she, like, goes to this separate planet. And if the, if the show had one major, um, storytelling flaw, the one thing I would say is that it is not... And this is probably just because not what it's interested in, and this is not a perfect show. It is not for everybody. I'm not saying it's, like, the god-tier show. I'm just saying it's really competently written and produced and even paced for what it is. But the thing that it can't... That it doesn't do well, that doesn't tell you where... It doesn't tell you where the characters are really well. There's not tons of establishing detail in it. You, the one place you do, you are aware of as being a constant place is Iria's apartment. It's Iria and her brother's apartment. Or later, only Iria's apartment. But she, like, shows up in this area that's called, like, the shat, like, the, sh the, what's it called? The shadow, not the shadow border, the, the shadow... Um, the Shadow District, I think it's called. But, and these, like, kids dupe her and try and take all of her stuff, and she outsmarts them. Um, and that's the other thing about Iria. Is Iria is, like, the characters give her shit. All the, all the characters around her, get, all the side characters give her shit. But they also, they are also all very well aware of the fact that Iria's a fucking badass. <laughs> And Iria is, like, top contender for a strong female character. But, um, so she, like, dupes these kids, 
But then she ends up saving those kids from Zerum or a version of Zerum, since you've come to find out that there are many versions of Zerum, since Zerum kind of clones itself and mutates things around it into, like, its minions. And then one of the characters, uh, like, redhead, uh, like, this little redhead boy, and pay attention to boy for now, um... She, like, befriends him, and he's, like, a sneaky little pickpocket bandit child. And he takes one of her, like, hair dangly, one of her hair bead things. And she's like, oh, well, I guess I'm gonna have to leave it of my favorite one, whatever. And then in the next episode, they're, like, reunited. And they, like, go look for this professor who was researching Zerum and almost get killed by, like, a Zerum clone minion. And she, and then, like, her and this kid become a duo. Or a trio, if you include Old Spikey. But Old Spikey's just kind of, like, he's over it. He's, he's, he's too, he's the, I'm too old for this shit of this show. Um, but... Late, but old Spikey is the one who eventually figures out, like, you're not a little boy, you're a little girl, and she's like, and then the um little kid is like, but how'd you know? And he's like, I know how women smell, and that's super creepy, but not super creepy in like a Ooh, uh, way, like super creepy in like an old man creepy, but still okay and passable way. It it feels story relevant, which I liked. Um, but so, but through all of this, what you see happening is you see Iria is getting people back constantly. She's getting a like weird found family thing happening. She like yes, she loses her brother, but she gains like a little sister. A crotchety old uncle, a like computer and a computer best friend, and they form this kind of like ragtag team of idiots. And by the end of the show, you have Iria like gearing up to go after Zerum because she found out that Zerum, at some point, find out that Zerum absorbs people and absorbs things and. It, the one guiding principle it has is, like, consume, absorb, in, assimilate constantly to survive, to thrive, all that shit. And it absorbed her brother, Zach, and that's why she, because she, and she knew that because she encountered Zach in that, like, when she was rescuing the professor, and the professor's like, Zam could have cloned him, he could be alive, and then she realized, no, he's not alive, he got absorbed. And so now she is, like, she is all up on that haterade, all up in that haterade and juicing on that revenge sauce so hard that she just goes, she's just like, I'm gonna go kill this thing. This thing needs to die. Meanwhile, all the bureaucrats in, like, the hunter organization that, like, runs her job and puts her out of the mission is like, we're just going to teleport it to a real far away planet. So we don't have to deal with it. 
jump. And the professor is just like, no, don't fucking do that. Because if you do, it's just going to come back and murder us again. And, or try and murder us again. And what follows is the most, is the most what I like to call Gundam the riding rockets into space from G Gundam thing I've heard in a while. And that is, who gives a shit? We don't care if it'll come back with more, with like more smaller dams, Trimurus. We'll just teleport it away again. It'll be fine. But what, um, which is just the greatest. So, to give you an idea, like, that is the complicated anime version of Futurama's solution to global warming, which is we just take a 10-ton fucking giant, like, nation-sized ice cube and drop it in the Atlantic once every three to five fucking years, and we solve the problem forever. <laughs> it's really good. It's really fucking good. And weird. But, um, so, the... So they're like, giant ice cube solutions. We'll just keep teleporting the shit out of this thing for the rest of our goddamn natural-born lives. <laughs> the professor's like, fuck, man. I mean, that's not a great idea. But he also can't stop it. So, but, Iria try. Iria's like, I'm going to murder this thing. And Bob's like, uh, you might get transported to another faraway fucking planet, and then we you'll be trapped there with a murder monster, and we can't help you. And old Spikey's also like, we can't help you in that case. And also, I'm too old for this shit, yo! Um, but, and also, this, this is all done with significantly more, like, dramatic leaning than I'm delivering it, but this is, this is the way the show goes. Um... And so she goes into her final battle with Narum and her, like, her, like, arrogant little sister is like, I'm gonna help you! And he brings along his magic staff with a fancy force field, which does come into play and helps her. But, but hilariously, it's not calculated to be big enough. So it just kind of traps half of Narum and cuts it in half. Which is... Which is done in a really well... So, another thing the show excels at is action sequences. Like, it, it, it knows when to... How to, like, time a fight sequence and make it dynamic. And make it fun to watch. And make it fun and kind of enthralling to watch. And, and like, let you know the skill of each side... And how it's how it's going into play, which is really nice and interesting. Um, it also it also adds little nice touches, like one I will get to by the end of this podcast. Um, but so she goes after Zaram, and like they have the final battle. And what's interesting is that they save. 
they do what show what shonen but big shonen shows like Dragon Ball Z and even My Hero Academia do now because they want to draw it out and they want to build up anticipation for a singular episode, but they do it for a purpose and they do it to like build up anticipation for the last episode in that the fight kind of the first section, the first like scrimmage of the final fight happens in the first episode. And then she like sends off the her like little sister to get him to get her out of the way and then fights and then goes on like full on knock knockdown drag out fight against Zerum on like her terms without worrying about like a bystander and just like it's just it's really really well done it's well animated it's well choreographed it's like the the pacing of the fight and the like the layout of the shot composition is really it's really excellent and she just like she just cut she just struggled through it constantly and the, the another nice thing about this show is Iria is competent but she's not like end all be all competent they make it very clear that while she is good at, good at what she does and she is talented she is not the best at what she does and her brother isn't the best at what he does bob Fuck Bob isn't even the best way he does. Old Spikey is definitely, like, he's not great at what he does, but he gets it fucking done. And it... When there are, like, dozens of shows, when there are, like, tons and tons and tons of shows where it's like, you are the special, you are the best at this, no one else can do this except for you... It's nice to see a show that's just about a bunch of fucking people getting it goddamn done. If um I had to compare that, like that feeling, I the feeling I get from the characters this show, in this show, in terms of like their ability level to the to another show, I would say it's close to something like Cowboy Bebop. Like, you get the sense that Spike is. Like, a kung fu master. But it's not like he can, like, kick a 50 caliber bullet to the side if he wanted to. He's, he will still, he still gets shot and fucked up in that show. But he just, he is a competent, like, he has his wits about him and he can handle himself. But that doesn't mean that he is, like, Awesome. That he's like awesome and all powerful. He's just the dude who's been around the block a bunch of times, and you get this sense. You get that sense from a lot from all the characters in this show. Of they are, they may have talent, but they don't survive by their talent. They survive by their skill and their experience. It's not like it's, um, it's similar to the way. They treat Deku in My Hero Academia 
and if you haven't seen My Hero Academia, if you, first off, if you're listening to this show and you haven't seen My Hero Academia, I have a serious question for you, and that is, what are you doing with your life? What 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 kind of time have you wasted on other shows that you could have been watching My Hero? Maybe go watch that show. Also, you can listen to one of the most popular episodes of this podcast on My Hero that I did way back at the beginning of the podcast. It's in the feed somewhere. But um, you can totally check that out. But it, 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 it feels like the way Deku relies on like stuff he's learned, notes he's taken, stuff he's stuff he's figured out how to do before and changing it into like a new thing and that he's constantly learning. In Iria, it feels like she's flying by the seat of her pants and her experience and knowledge is what gets her through every time. Um and I, I this podcast might run a little short only because it's not a whole lot of the, the meat on the bones is quality, but there's it, but there's not an infinite amount of it, if you know what I mean. But so, in the final fight, you'd have like just this great animated sequence where like Ilya jams the sword into into Zerum, and Zerum like like fucking like pierces her, and then she like slides under him, and he's like <sighs> also. One of the best, one of the best things about, um, specifically like old '90s and even old '80s anime, is they didn't know it's that the, it's that it's definitely VO people doing all the like weird sound effect work of monsters and shit. So you have like. You have the sound, f- the sound effect Zerum makes when it like hisses at people, just <laughs> um, which I don't know how that came out in the microphone, but I'm possibly sorry for visiting that in years. I see a waveform, so it registered something, but the the sound of like the sound effects of like Zerum and its underlings are real good in a way that. I didn't know I would I missed until I heard it again in something like this, but um, so like they they have this like fight going on and she like traps half of Zerum in the in, in like the fourth field pole thing and then Zerum like slides off and looks like I've still got tentacles, motherfucker! I'm gonna fuck you up. I'm going to absorb you yet. You got legs. I'll use yours. (laughs) Kind of thing. And like its little head pops out in like a real alien way. And then she's just like, nope. Sends up a little like helicopter knife thing that slices it in half. And she just fucking kills this thing. And then comes one of the funniest parts. So her like. Sarah's younger sister shows up with her spaceship and like, I came to get you. Look like you won. And she's like, yeah. And she's, and she's stepping on half of the little pop-out head. And then she pauses. And she's like, no. Double fuck this thing. And crushes the other one just to be safe. And that's just like a weird, hilarious, like, comedic moment. It's like, it's like when you kill a spider and you're like, 
fucking die. And then you stare at it, and you're like, mm, still moving. Boom. Now you're dead. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's a nice little, like, human touch that I appreciated a lot. And then they... <laughs> They, um, they drive off into the sunset as, like, a happy family of, like, her, of her, like, Bob and her, like, surrogate little sister. And it's just, it's, this whole, this whole show is a fun time. It's, uh, it's a fun time enough where you don't mind watching the, car the commercials that come along with it because it's on a free streaming platform like Midnight Pulse, which you can pay for, but let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen, we're paying for too much shit. I spend, I spend, I'm not going to say how much I spend, but I spend a not insignificant amount of money for all of the major streaming platforms you can think of, and probably some you can't. Because I just want to be able to watch all the anime. I want to watch all the anime. Is that so impossible? But on um, but yeah, it's so. If you haven't seen Iria, it's like I said, it's available on Midnight Pulse. I know that Kitsune. That um, what to call it? It's um called. I'm thinking about the anime app I'm using. Uh, the anime tracker app that I use. Um, I I know that's uh, I know that it's listed on Kitsu, and you can go, you can check out what studio made it and all that stuff there. Although I'm not sure how much of that info they have built in. I'm not. Uh, it's definitely on IMDb in that case, but you can go check it out on Midnight Pulse. It's probably streaming other places, but my point is, you can definitely find it. Like it's findable. Um, and now, I'm probably going to have to figure out what I'm going to put in the end of this episode, since the episode, this is, and that's the other thing, is, <sighs> this show is definitely a show from the 90s, and it suffers from the classic things that shows from the 90s suffer from, like, but not limited to, weird dub choices, and... My personal favorite. No ending theme at all. The ending theme is just the opening theme. Maybe sped up a little. And... Without... The, like, vocal back... Without the vocal track to it. It's very... Like... <laughs> this is a show that... Um... I don't think Bennett has covered yet, but he probably should and might yet. I'm probably going to, like, tweet at him and be like, Hey, have you talked about Iria yet? Because you should. Um, but it's... Uh, it's just a fun time, and it's, it's definitely a fun time if you don't... Like, just don't... If you don't take it too seriously, and you just kind of, like are down for some sci-fi space bullshit fun times. It's a fun thing. It's a fun thing to, like, watch one episode a week, watch one episode a night for a week, and, like, just have that be your, like, unwinding show. It's a, it's a, it's a fun thing. Um, but on that note, 
I have been Alex, and you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. If you like this podcast, please feel free to subscribe in your podcast app of choice. The link to do so will be in the description. You can also, like, give me a monthly tip through that, like, webpage. But, um, you don't have to do that. I do this because I love to do it, not because I need any approval from you, viewer dad. But, um... (laughs) On and you can and if you like the show, you can also share it with your friends. You can rate and review it, like five stars on iTunes, maybe. But um, until then, I will talk at you next time.